F Radio Catskill. I have no accurate knowledge of my age or date of birth. Slaves know as little of their ages as horses know of theirs. The nearest estimate I came to was around February 14th. Valentine's Day is coming up. It's also Frederick Douglass's birthday. You can celebrate it with him a couple days early on Sunday stage. Oliver King performs excerpts from the autobiography of Frederick Douglass tomorrow night at 8. Good morning. Welcome to Catskill Character. I'm Donna Fellenberg. Valentine's Day is Monday, and today's show is about love dating in the Catskills, and it includes a wonderful story about my guests, Bradley and Liz Duguid, magical marriage proposal. First, I'll be speaking with Bradley. Here we go. Bradley, welcome to Catskill Character. Hi, Donna. Thanks so much for having me. You know, before we begin, I, I have to comment on something Liz mentioned recently that I'd never thought of. Your name is a palindrome. That's right. Uh, it's spelled the same way, backwards and forwards. That's how I tell people it's a little easier to remember. D-I-U-G-U-I-D. And what a fantastic name. Do good. What's the origins? Uh, you know, no one's quite sure, which I think gives it a little bit of mystery. I like to uh, keep up that air of mystery. Some people think that it's uh, Celtic in origin or French in origin. But uh, I just like to say I strive to do good every day and live up to that. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, when I first met you, Bradley, you, you were the director of the Catskill Art Society and you were single then. Yeah, that's right. I actually started working at the Catskill Art Society when I was in my late 20s. But that was, uh, you know, my uh, first time coming back to the Catskills since I moved away after growing up here and finishing high school out here. I went away to work in New York City and uh, work and go to graduate school in Boston, uh, which, of course, is a very different environment than uh, rural Sullivan County. But I was inspired to come back and, you know, I ran into some challenges in my dating life uh, just because of the nature of living up here as a young single person in Sullivan County. Right. And I can see a problem right there insofar as your job at the um, Catskill Arts Society, because that job entails you working evenings. You have to be there on the weekends. It really doesn't give you much time for a personal life. Yeah, absolutely. What I found was that I was having so much fun, really loving my job and needing to be a presence at all of, you know, Cass's activities and programs for sure. Uh, but also going to other artist events and programs and exhibits and shows all over the county, which, uh, again, really got me into a network of amazing people, uh, you know, some younger and some older, but always in a professional context. So I, at that time, was really trying to balance that professional life and personal life, which was really difficult when meeting a lot of people in a professional context to keep those relationships professional, which is always super important to me, but also wondering, you know, how can I meet people that I might be interested in romantically and who might also be open to uh, connecting romantically in a way that's appropriate and uh, can move forward, hopefully, in developing an intimate relationship. That was pretty hard, honestly. Uh, so besides the, the obvious things that you confronted when you were at CAST, what other issues did you confront trying to date here in the Catskills, and how is it different 
dating up here, say, to dating downstate or dating in Boston when you were going to Harvard? You know, one big difference that came to mind immediately is that uh, when I was dating in New York City and Boston, you know, any big urban area with a lot of young people uh, who are very tech savvy, you know, we were all using OkCupid, especially at that time, apps like Tinder. And it was pretty easy to connect with people, you know, make acquaintances and even friends and romantic connections through these apps. It was pretty easy, even though that had its own challenges, you know, like making a connection with anybody that you meet. But it, it wasn't really that difficult meeting somebody who could say, I'm interested in learning more about you and seeing where this goes. I found that a lot more difficult in a place like Sullivan County, where there just didn't seem to be that kind of saturation in these outlets. You know, going on OkCupid would see very few other people my age. Uh, going on an app like Tinder, which was pretty new at the time that I was dating and, and using it, was the same thing. And for me personally, honestly, I was, you know, knew enough about myself that I knew I was looking for somebody else who was pretty close to my age, uh, ideally not too much younger or too much older. Uh, someone who was interested in the arts and maybe as a practitioner or just an appreciator of an art form and someone else who was college educated and could, you know, talk to me and appreciate a deep discussion, which I found hard to find. You know, I hope you don't mind, but I, I thought this is a great opportunity for me to talk to someone about something that people my age probably know absolutely nothing about. And it's these dating apps. So you mentioned a couple of them. Okay, Cupid, I think you said, and I forget what the other ones were. But how do they work? Oh, sure. You know, they are really convenient, I'll say, and they come with their own set of challenges. Anyone listening who has ever uh, been on OkCupid or Tinder or Bumble or any number of other uh, smartphone apps that are uh, similar to a market like that might know what I mean. It's essentially a way that someone can build a profile to describe themselves, usually with a photo that hopefully is an accurate depiction of what they actually look like, <laughs> and put themselves out there for other people to peruse and indicate whether they would like to connect with you, either by, you know, chatting online, getting to know each other a little bit digitally, or by going straight to, hey, I'd love to talk to you in person sometime. Can we meet at a bar or a restaurant and get to know each other a little more over drinks or dinner? And again, you know, very convenient way to get to know some people on a surface level very quickly, to be able to use whatever your criteria are, in some cases to filter who you find, who you're looking for. But translating those <laughs> impressions or those connections from a digital world into the real world is certainly challenging, right? And sometimes if you've ever been ghosted, you know what it feels like when you feel like you're getting on really great with someone and then you just never hear from them again. That, that's the, the nature of the dating world, I suppose. And tell the listener what ghosted means. Oh, being ghosted is if you are uh, in the middle of a conversation or maybe you've had a date with someone which maybe you felt went really great or you want to see them again and uh, are expecting to continue the conversation. The other person just drops off, doesn't keep up communication, maybe cuts you off or uh, maybe in some extreme cases blocks you. <laughs> um, that that happens. I think that's just another result of the convenience of dating digitally that 
you know, you don't want to talk to anyone anymore. You can just cut it off cold turkey. Oh, ouch. You know, I, I've seen this several times. I think I saw it once on Sex in the City where people go to like a restaurant and they have five minutes to talk to someone. The bell rings and then they, they, they move to the next table. Have you ever done anything like that? I've never done anything like that speed dating you described. In a way, Tinder especially reminds me a lot of that because you are, you know, on that app looking for a partner according to whatever criteria you like, and you're presented with a bunch of faces, pretty minimal information to start with. And you just swipe one direction if you want to uh, say you like them in another direction to move on. It's pretty fast uh, process. So it's got that energy and urgency, I think, of speed dating embedded in it. So getting back to the cat skills and dating, did you ever find any clubs or organizations where people could meet for possibly an eventual relationship or maybe just meet for friendship? I found that difficult to be honest, although in another way, I found that being part of the Catskill Art Society was a really great way to meet people. You know, for, for me, it was a little challenging in the position I was in because that was a professional context. And again, I always strove to keep those relationships professional. You know, nobody wants to be going into a meeting or an exhibition to talk to the director and expect to be hit on. I don't think that's appropriate. But yeah. for the majority of people who are part of a community of artists like that, I hope that they find that it's a good place to make relationships. And I find that a lot of people do. You know, they're connecting with other people who have similar interests uh, with whom they can be friends. I think a lot of people in our communities upstate, by the time they get to the cat skills, if they're coming from somewhere else, or maybe by the time they reach their 30s, in a lot of cases, they're married already or in a very serious, committed relationship already. But they're just looking to connect with other couples, other people, maybe around their own age or around their own interests that they can have fun with. And I think that's a great reason to be a part of an organization like the Catskill Art Society or the Delaware Arts Alliance or any other arts or cultural organization up here, because you know you're going to go somewhere fun and meet other people who are like-minded to you. Right. You know, Bradley, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to joke with you that you were ubiquitous. It seemed like everywhere I went, you popped up. Once I even went to the Catalacoon Community Center to speak with Tanis Kowalczyk. She was teaching a stilt walking class. And who comes streaming by on stilts but Bradley DeGood? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh my God, there he is again. So I wanted to ask you, how did that work out for you? Well, you looked pretty proficient at stilt walking the night that I saw you. But did that provide you with an opportunity to meet people or were you just there for the stilts? You know, it definitely gave me something to talk about for sure. <laughs> that I, You know, hey, so one fun fact you may not know about me is that I know how to walk on stilts. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And yeah, an another great way to meet people is through, uh, you know, being a part of a show at a place like the NACL Theater. I was uh, an actor in several shows that Tanis Kowalczyk led while she was with the company there at NACL and uh, afterward now where she is at the Farm Arts Collective. Yeah, another great way to meet people is by practicing the art that you are passionate about and getting mm. to know people that way. So I certainly met a lot of really cool, fun people uh, and a lot of young people as well who were you know, transplants to the area from New York City or otherwise interested in digging into this community for sure. Well, you told us before 
basically what you were looking for in a partner. Did you devise a plan for meeting someone? How did you go about it? What I said to myself after uh, a certain amount of time has passed is that what I'm doing now isn't really working. I'm just not finding what I'm looking for using these tools and these methods that I was using at the time. Uh, I really, you know, missed having a, a partner and wanted to meet someone that I could see myself having a future with long term, honestly. Uh, so I decided to, you know, take stock, take a step back and maybe connect with people who I had met in the past, but for whatever reason hadn't uh, been able to you know, start or continue a relationship with. Uh, I, you know, wanted to reconnect and not just as, not just romantically, but as friends as well, to connect with people who I hadn't seen in a long time, see what their lives were like and uh, see if we could have something in common. So that led me to reach out to some people on Facebook, which uh, I was very active on at the time, to see who I'd went to college with and was a little surprised in some cases by some people who uh, maybe grew up in New York City and gone away and come back to the Hudson Valley area. Uh, that's how I connected with uh, my wife, <laughs> was by sending her a message on Facebook and saying, hey, you know, it's been a long time. Why don't we get together for us to see how we mesh together and oh. that had a happy ending i'm happy to say yes okay well uh, we're going to hear more about that in the second half of the show but right now we're going to take a break you've been listening to catskill character today's our valentine's show and when we come back after the break i'll be speaking to bradley again and also elizabeth Dugood about how they found each other and bradley's incredible proposal so stay tuned. Support for Radio Catskill comes from 52 and Vine, a wine and spirit shop in Jeffersonville featuring local, national, and eclectic vintners and distillers. 52andvine.com. From the Upper Delaware Welcome Center at the Narrowsburg Union, featuring information about regional attractions and activities, along with products by the region's artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen at Catskills Curated. NarrowsburgUnion.com. Hi, I'm Mimi Bradley, Radio Catskills Development Manager. Did you know that you are our largest and most reliable source of funding? It's true, and there are many ways you can support us. Include Radio Catskill in your will. Make a gift of stock. Set up a charitable annuity or trust. Make an IRA charitable distribution. Make a donation in memory or in honor of a loved one. I can give you all the details. Call me on 845-482-4141 or email mimi at wjffradio.org. Everyday Radio Catskill brings you local news and conversations on air. But did you know we have even more local programming on our Radio Catskill podcasts? Like Cooking in the Catskills with Chef Brett August or Close to Home with Leif Johansson, a deep dive into the upstate New York institutions and organizations that keep rural communities running. Radio Catskill Podcasts at WJFFRadio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. And if you've just joined us, today is the Catskill Character Valentine Show. In the first half of the show, I had a wonderful conversation with Bradley DeGood about dating in the Catskills. Not easy. In the second half of the show, Bradley's wife, Elizabeth, also known as Yaya, will be joining us to share their romantic engagement story. It is a doozy. Welcome back, Bradley, and welcome back to Catskill Character, Liz. Hi, Donna. Hi. Hey. 
You know, one of the many reasons I love your story so much is that you came from different places. Liz came from Brooklyn. Bradley came from the Catskills. It's sort of like in the Heights meets Harvard and bam, it's a slow (laughs) burn till eventually sparks fly. You met back in 2005 when you were both English majors at SUNY Sullivan. Bradley was actually an English slash theater major. Let's pick it up from there. I transferred to New Paltz in 2005. And uh, because we shared a major, English, we had a few classes that overlapped in my last in our last two years. And uh, we became quick friends, I would say, more acquaintance-like. You know, we were in different circles, but I really always appreciated his feedback in class. You know, we did a lot of workshopping, creative writing, and thought he was really smart. And you know what it is for me, because I was a theater major as well as an English major, I had so many demands on my time as a theater major doing shows in the evening that made it hard to go out in a lot of cases with anyone who wasn't another theater major. So time was kind of limited. But like Liz said, yeah, we were friendly acquaintances. I knew that she was really smart and really interesting. And I really appreciated that. And learning about her then was a pleasure. And learning about her later on when we started dating was really fun, too. Yeah. In college, I didn't I didn't date much. I was pretty focused on my studies and kind of paranoid about it. I don't think I mentioned this to you, Tana, but Did you say paranoid? <laughs> paranoid, yeah. Because I, I come from a family with a lot of young mothers and uh, I was I had this fear of like, oh, if I make the wrong move, like it could really oh. sort of put a sick or sabotage my situation, which, you know, isn't necessarily always the case. But I just had experienced some, uh, you know, some personal things that, that made me feel like, oh, no, I, I have to be really careful about dating until after college. That was kind of like the promise I made my mom to. Oh, I see. So. That was 2005, but Mm -hmm. so you met then and you were friendly, but you went your separate ways. We did. Yeah, I went to this. I went back to the city and worked in hospitality for a little over three years and uh, returned to New Paltz in 2013 to work in admissions at the college. And then uh, it wasn't until about 2015 that I was working at the Catskill Arts Society already. And like I said, I was curious to reach out to people, including Liz. And uh, yeah, I remembered that Liz was really cool and really interesting. (laughs) Oh, now she's close enough. We can actually commute and see each other. So I invited her out to a movie. We went to see uh, Hamlet with Benedict Cumberbatch at uh, the Rosendale Theater. It's our very first date. Pretty close to Thanksgiving, actually. That's right. I remember November. It's our date anniversary, which we (laughs) still celebrate. (laughs) That's right. And uh, and the rest is history. Sorry for interrupting you, but I just want to know, Liz, is is that the date where you were impressed by Bradley's clothes? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> I was impressed because it was a very fashionable country boy look. Like he had the flannel, you know, very posh flannel look. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you know, the Levi's jeans and the, you know, uh, what, what were they? They were like wing-tipped brown leather boots and I was like those are some fly boots let me tell you those are good looking boots and he just looked so well you know he thought about it he wanted to impress me and I I was really appreciative of that (laughs) oh yeah Bradley did good work in it (laughs) (laughs) he had a plan and he was thinking about it little did you know okay so let's let's move forward we're moving towards that eventful evening 
But a lot of things happen in between. You were dating, and how were things going? I think they were going pretty well. For my part, I was interested in connecting with someone in a really serious relationship. I knew Liz was too. I think that was part of the attraction very early on that we were both very serious about it. I was certainly warned by plenty of my friends <laughs> who were in their 30s, as we all were at the time too, that don't mess around with a single woman in her 30s who says she's interested in getting married as Liz did because you do not want to be on the wrong side of that breakup if that happens, right? Yeah. So I took that pretty seriously. And it made me rethink, you know, what do I want long term? I hadn't really thought that seriously about getting married, even though I was interested in a serious relationship. I certainly wasn't really that interested in those early days in having children. Although the more I got to know Liz, what an amazing person she is, I thought, you know, this would be an amazing partnership to raise a child in. And, you know, given the way our careers were going at that time, I thought, you know, maybe we can make it work. Even as people who work in creative arts, we can, you know, have a, a stable life together with a child. And that inspired me to ultimately plan to pop the big question. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. And you brought it up in the first half of the show, too. But when people are in the arts or, you know, I'm also thinking about people that are in law enforcement, for example, it's really important to have a partner who's going to understand the constraints that their the, their partner's job is going to impose on their lives. That's something to think about there, listeners, when you're thinking about trying to find some, that special someone up here in the Catskills. Try to find a place where you you have a mutual understanding of uh, the other person's career. Just so I'd throw that in. Definitely. Absolutely true. Okay. So let's move along to the actual proposal. All right. I had a master plan. (laughs) Yeah, you have to remember back when Hamilton was new on the scene, we were both very interested in the show, Liz and I. Liz has a very deep connection to In the Heights in particular, Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, earlier musical. And, you know, I hear what she says and file it away. So I thought, you know, that would be an amazing experience for us. But it sounds really special enough to be an opportunity to ask her to marry me. So I made my little plans. I took a little time off work so that we could... Uh, book a show down there. I told her, I tricked her a little bit by telling her that uh, we were going to see the Book of Mormon, which is uh, another Broadway show that she was interested in seeing, that we were both interested in seeing. Uh, But uh, after we went to Sardi's, had a nice lunch, I had to tell her that we were going to a different theater in order to fool her long enough to get to the stage doors. Well, (laughs) we're walking toward the Nederlander and I see the poster and I go, look, we're going to that show. And he goes, yeah. And then we turn the corner. I'm following his lead, right? We turn the corner and it's the Richard Rogers, Richard Theater. Rogers Theater and the big lights and the Hamilton. You know, I was like, where, where are we going? I'm like, no, we have to go to like two streets over or something. And he's like, no, 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 it's here. Like, that's the address on my ticket. And I'm like, then you got the wrong ticket. Because this was no way that they're sending right. us here. Um, to see that particular show. And so we go through security and everything. I'm over here like, this guy's going to embarrass me. This is so, uh, okay, fine. I'm just following him. And we get up to the ticket booth and he collects tickets for Hamilton. I'm like, immediately in tears. Like, 
immediately. Her jaw hit the floor, and I thought, gee, she really thinks that I just got these off a scalper or something and got ripped off. But I went up to the person at the ticket window, and I said, hey, you know, by the way, I uh, she doesn't know that uh, we're coming here. This is a complete surprise to her. And the ticket taker's mm-hmm. eyes just completely lit up. Yeah, the security guards were all like, that's so great. You know, it was very, very sweet. And of course, again, immediately in tears, just because I really thought we would never get to see it. And he had made such an effort. And that all just added up to a really beautiful moment. And that was enough for me. I was like, this is great. Let's let's go enjoy this show and and have this memory together. Something that I felt like none of my past experiences would have ever considered doing for me so that was like extra extra special and not for nothing it was an amazing yeah. show we both had a great time i think it would have been a lovely evening if it, that it had just ended there yeah. right it was a nice surprise but all the time you know i'm thinking okay what exactly is the perfect moment to spring this question on her is it during intermission when all these people are around and of course they'll clap and feel good but then we have to sit there through the whole second act of the show <laughs> and ultimately i decided you know as we're exiting the theater i'm going to get on one knee underneath this beautifully lit marquee and propose to her right there outside after the show on the sidewalk i know she says that i was kind of fumbling at the time because i didn't quite know how to to make it work out smoothly i had this ring in my pocket and everything else if you've ever been to the theater in the city you know there's a huge crowd coming out all at once and we're all on the sidewalk we're all under the marquee it's drizzling and he's kind of, you know, he kind of looks a little nervous or confused. I don't know. And so I'm like, what, what do you need? And he's like, can you hold this for me? And, and he hands me the, the overnight bag because we were spending the night in the city. And he he gets down. I'm thinking, oh, he's probably like, you know, tying his shoe or whatever. And then I look at him and he's got, there's a little light in his hand. And this ring is glowing in this light. And I'm like, what oh. is happening? So everyone stop. You just, it's like slow motion. All of a sudden I could hear everyone whispering, or at least they sounded like they were whispering. And they're like, oh my God, look, the, oh my God, oh my God. And then there are bells from the pedicabs and there are people eating pizza behind us with children. And it's just like <laughs> such a New York moment. <laughs> Weren't people videotaping it? Donna, there are pictures of us on someone's phone that we do not know. Some Someone from another country <laughs> who was just visiting the city <laughs> has video of us. All I remember is him saying, you know, will you marry me? I don't know if he said much more, but, and he puts the ring on, and some, all I hear is someone goes, oh no, we missed it. And they're like, can you do it again? And we're just oh. laughing. And I'm again, sobbing and I'm looking and she goes, oh my God, it's beautiful. And it turns out it was Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelorette and a couple of her friends, and they both recorded. And I was able to get one of them to send me the video that she had so that I could keep it. I I treasure that. So a lot of people have seen that video, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think it was like, I don't know if it was 600,000 or 6 million. I don't know. She had a huge following at the time and had posted it on her Instagram stories. So I get a message on on Instagram later and it's like, did you just get engaged? Because I'm almost positive I just saw you on Rachel Lindsay's Instagram. It's the most fantastic story. And I want to thank you so much for sharing it with me today. I hope you keep those romantic fires burning. I know this time that we're spending together is one of your date nights so sorry about that no no we enjoy doing projects together so this is fun thank you so much for coming on thank you for having us donna thank you this has been catskill character my guests today have been bradley and liz de good
You can find them both on the web. Liz has a website, wellnesspotionsllc.com. Catskill Character is on every Saturday at 1130, right after Farm and Country. Tune in every week for more conversations with fabulous characters of the Catskills. I'm Donna Fellenberg. Thanks so much for listening. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Jeffersonville Bake Shop, offering breakfast and lunch to go or to stay, and coffee, Wi-Fi, and space for getting work done remotely. JeffersonvilleBakeShop.com From The Schwangunk Journal, serving the towns of Warwasing, Crawford, Mamakating, Rochester, Schwangunk, and everything in between. SchwangunkJournal.com And from listeners like you. A toolkit for dealing with men, if you happen to be dating them. Examine each carefully made truffle. Feed them, one at a time, to the dog. (laughs) Call the hunter's machine. Tell him you don't speak chocolate. This week on Selected Shorts, the rocky road to love is paved by Pam Houston and Lisa Coe. Join me, Meg Wallitzer. Sunday night at 7 on Radio Catskill. I'm Kathy Geary of Radio Catskills Now and Then. The Tiny Desk Contest is back. NPR Music is looking for the next great undiscovered musician. Could it be you? If you're an unsigned musician, enter the contest by sending a video of you playing an original song behind a desk. If you win, you'll play your very own Tiny Desk Concert. Go to WJFFRadio.org for all the official rules. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. This is Radio Catskill. Public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Listen local.